Welcome to the Global Wellness HQ family of podcasts. We are your international headquarters for resources and ideas and insight in relation to the nine elements of holistic wellness. Join us as we interview local and international wellness experts and learn how you can implement and improve one element or dimension of wellness at a time. Our experts will share their practical tips on wellness in one of these core areas. Emotional, intellectual, occupational, physical, environmental, financial, spiritual, social, or habitual. We created our family of podcasts as a resource for anyone who is looking to integrate the nine elements of holistic wellness into their daily lives. Welcome to the show. The Global Wellness HQ family of podcasts is proudly sponsored by the Global Wellness HQ community. It's an online membership group where we meet, we share ideas, we share insights, and we all work together and help one another discover our own personal wellness journeys. If you'd like to join us, you can easily click the link below or scan the QR code, and we love hearing your stories, so we hope to see you in the community. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the show. Today, I'm excited. We have Dan Purdy as our guest. Um, Dan, why don't you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about what you do with Cultivate Advisors? Hi, Jeff. Thanks so much for having me on the show. Uh, My name is Dan Purdy, and I'm the Director of Partnerships for the U.S. and Canada Pacific Northwest. So what I do is I just give away free stuff all day, uh, including free advising sessions and Uh, different types of toolkits and business resources to small businesses and entrepreneurs who really need them to grow and scale. Awesome. Now, you talk about partnerships. Who are good partners for you um, through Cultivate Advisors? Who are you typically working with? Well, there's two audiences that I typically speak with. Um, The first audience are those who are connected to small businesses and entrepreneurs Uh, Maybe they're a service provider or perhaps they're uh, the accountant, the professional that advises them already. And we work very closely with them uh, to help them give us warm intros while we give them the opportunity to gift our advisors times. The second audience is the small business owner or the entrepreneur themselves who are committed to growing and scaling their venture uh, in any industry. Uh, We're industry agnostic in over 160 industries. And our 60 advisors really want to talk with those individuals about how they can get to the next level. Awesome. Well, thanks for making that clear, because I think a lot of people are leery of free or, you know, there's a lot of misinformation. But I understand that um, Cultivate Advisors is one of the fastest growing business advisories in North America. What's the secret to that? Uh, The secret is consistency and bringing on the very best people that will join our company. Um, If you look inside our company, everybody who works with us, all of our employees have been former business owners, entrepreneurs uh, themselves. Uh, Me, I've had four ventures and two exits. And and I'm just here, you know, as a director. Imagine all of the advisors behind us who have uh, amazing life journeys and experiences and are sharing that with others who are on a similar path. Awesome. Well, thank you for sharing that. Now, before we get into some of the the, the meteor questions, um, you mentioned to me that you work with teenagers and you teach them wellness and life skills. Um, 
would you tell me about that work first? And then we'll get into the, the business questions of the day. Sure. Yeah. Thanks for asking about that. Um, so every Saturday, I talk with about 30 teenagers about where they're at in life, where they're going. And it's all based on a book that I wrote back in 2017 called FIRES. And, and it's a, a personal transformation. FIRES is an acronym. And that acronym talks about the five specific areas that we all struggle with as humans. Um, adults, sometimes they're slow to change. But these teenagers, they really have a passion and a verb for life, and they want to get to the next level. So I put a lot of time and energy and effort into them every Saturday, helping them uh, just do basic things, uh, how, to, how to get jobs, how to present themselves, how to communicate. Because right now there's a lot of texting going on and not a lot of personal interaction. Uh, I also teach them about finances and money and how it works. And, and that was a really fun lesson uh, two weeks ago. And there's all kinds of things that they learn as a result of that, about their character. Uh, they discover more things about each other than they would have known just from sitting next to each other and texting <laughs> the other person. And then otherwise, um, how to develop better relationships and to be good citizens as they launch into the world. I love that. So how did you come to write the book, first of all? And then how did you decide... Um, to turn that into a passion project. I mean, that's that's a really cool thing. You know, I've, I've always been interested in small businesses. And throughout my career, I've, I've worked with Fortune 500 companies for, for decades and then also have had these side hustles or these smaller businesses myself. And so I always had a passion for the small business owner and the entrepreneur because I identify with them as well. And so... Going through that and talking to customers, talking to clients and individuals, I started to notice that there were a lot of things that we all had in common that no one was really talking about. And so I put all of those into what I called a personal strategic plan to really help us as humans, as owners, as parents, as spouses, uh, get from here to there and, and do it in the quickest manner possible so that we could be effective. I love it. And I can see you're uh, one of those people that just lights the room up. So I'm going to say on behalf of those kids, thank you for, for helping them. Cause I think, you know, I, I, as a parent make my kids, my top, top priority, and I can't imagine anything more important, but I think a lot of people get really busy and quite frankly, nobody's learned these lessons themselves. How do they teach it to their kids? Yeah. So it's I, so the, um, I'll just briefly say that the last lesson that we had about two weeks ago was about uh, cash flow and money and, and how to save and spend, invest and donate and to have a specific plan around it. So I gave each kid at the end of that lesson a $100 bill. And so I had about $3,000 out there on the floor and <laughs> every kid had to go home and they had to do something with it. And when they came back in seven days, I had an accounting sheet and I said, I want my money back. And every kid brought their $100 bill back and each had a story about how they used it to either bless others or how to buy low, sell high. Uh, one kid, he only used $25 and came back with almost $250 in profit because he bought and sold and, and cleaned shoes, sneakers. And apparently it's a billion dollar industry. 
wow okay forget whatever else we were going to talk about it's you know okay so i'm passionate about junior achievement i was in it when i was in high school you know 100 years ago and i supported it a lot of my adult life um sometimes the projects were game changers but a lot of times you know kids learned how to be middle managers <laughs> and yeah. you know it, it wasn't that practical so what inspired that child sorry young person to do that like did you spark that or did they just was it they just walked away and came up with it on their own i believe that children are not just our future i believe they're our present and every child has something inside of them that is sometimes locked away sometimes it's just bubbling below the surface or above the surface and it just needs to be unleashed um these kids they are I mean, they're amazing people. They're, they're already there. We just need to take an, an investment or take some time with them to help develop that, you know, a little bit more. Um, this particular child, uh, and the, by the way, the age group is 13 to 18 year olds. Um, these individuals, they've already been doing some of these things already, or they just don't know that they have the ability to go after and try new things because sometimes adults just don't take chances on them. Well, well, I did. And um once I pointed them to, uh, there was a scripture in the Bible around, uh, I think it's Matthew 25, verses 14 through 30. And it talks about the parable of the talents and how a master went away for a long time and gave you know his three uh, employees different types of money. Um, to one, he gave, you know let's just say five, the other to two, and the other one. Well, the people with the five and the two money increments, uh, they doubled their money. And he said, well done, good and faithful servant. Go and enjoy the rest of my bounty here. And then for the one that just didn't produce anything because they buried it in the sand and gave it back to him and said, hey, I, I know you're, you're, you're a difficult person to deal with. And, uh, you know, here's your money back. He fired that <laughs> because they basically had uh, cost him interest and he could have put that money in the bank. Yeah. So those are the kinds of lessons that I'm teaching the kids, but in a practical way with really nice uh, lessons and props and, and bringing it to their level where they can really understand it. Well, and I just love the value, you know, reading your bio. I mean, you've accomplished many things. Um, you do many things. And I love that you're giving in your personal life as well as in your, in your, your work life. Um, but one of the things that stands out, a lot of people say, oh, I'd love to do this or I'd love to do that, but I'm too busy. Yet here you are. I'm going to guess you're no less busy than anyone else, yet you're choosing to focus on impact. And my audience knows this well, and, and you wouldn't have any way of knowing this, but my two boys are my everything. And I spend my time, they are my greatest coaching clients. Um, everything I do is to find resources to help them through life. So um, I want to thank you on behalf of the parents who, you know, aren't able to do that. But um, I also think it's an inspiration to all of us that, you know, do we need to watch that seventh hour of Netflix? Or could we maybe spend an hour or two or seven helping make the community a better place? You know, that's a great point. And, and thanks for being a good dad, because that's really where it all starts. It starts in the home and it starts with paying attention and, and literally just being present. Um, 
these conversations that we have with these kids, the lessons that we teach on a weekly basis, um, that's just one part of a multi-pronged strategy. Um, we put them through, you know, all kinds of events. Uh, we've taken them go-karting. We spend time in uh, playing volleyball in a tournament setting because they're really competitive and they all like volleyball for some reason. Um, <laughs> we just spend a lot of time with them. Uh, obviously, because they're teenagers, they can't get enough to eat, can't keep them in sneakers. So we, uh, we're we always, you know, packing chest freezers full of frozen pizzas and cool pops and, and a host of other food items that they like. But you know, just being just being around them. Um, this last weekend, we we took a, a a trip with our our entire church organization down to a beach, and it's just sitting around the campfire. You know, strumming guitars, hanging out, just listening to where they're at, what's going on with them, and uh, and just being present. Uh, oftentimes, they don't want to hear you talk; they just want to, you know, just know that you're there. Great, great advice. Um, I love that, and. You know, honestly, my my humble opinion is if we focused on kids and and stopped causing them to be damaged, we'd have fewer damaged teenagers and we'd need way less therapy as adults. So to me, it's it's let's just start by, you know, being there and being present. And I think that's a superpower that every parent can have if they choose to so. I agree. And unlocking those entrepreneurial and business skills inside some of these kids who who, who kind of gravitate towards that, because every kid knows how to use money, but they know how to spend it. They don't necessarily know how to make it grow. Right. So unlocking that in them helps them to become, uh, you know, better versed in finance and to, to when they become entrepreneurs or if they become small business owners, at least they have a frame of reference or they have something positive that they can stand on as a uh, as an experience to help them get to the next level. Because, you know, every success, every failure, we build upon those those building blocks. I love that. And I think um, you and I are going to talk about Six Sigma, by the way. I don't know if I warned you that, but um I'm obsessed. And for the record, I just don't have the aptitude or the time to go get my um, black belt. Um, tell me about that journey and and how that's shaping what you do today. Sure. <clears throat> so I was working with British Petroleum at a refinery in Northwest Washington State. I was with their procurement and supply chain management department, and there was the opportunity to uh, become I guess, more informed and and better understand how to run lean processes and to get into the, the details of what it meant to run the refinery. And so uh, I took some courses, uh, three courses, in fact, at Purdue University, and they had a fantastic program, which helped me to earn my Lean Six Sigma black belt and learn about, you know, dispatching waste and identifying opportunities for improvement, uh, performing Kaizen events, uh, 5S and, and a host of other value stream mapping activities um, to really become, you know, more attuned to what was happening on, happening around me and, and where we just had some low hanging fruit to save some money to uh, revenue enhance and, and do some other things. From there, that Lean Six Sigma um, Greenbelt turned into a, another course towards advanced tools and planning and then ultimately, I was able to earn my my Lean Six Sigma black belt. So, watch out, Kia. 
<laughs> I love that. And, and by the way, I love the the Six Sigma mindset. And I think, you know, th there's many, many books on the topic, but um, there's one that's escaping. There's two brothers that wrote about it. Yeah, I'll figure it out. I'll put it in the show notes. But, you know, the, the cool thing and. You know, my wife and I and Dan, just brace yourself. Uh, my 10-year-old and my 14-year-old and I in the car, uh, we talk about systems and processes. Like, th that's a conversation in the house because, you know, I have two boys and they're they're amazing. And I look at things and I'm like, I know the number one thing in, in my world, if a business doesn't have systems and processes, I don't want to work with them. Like, I just don't even want to try. So I look at my life and I said, well, why don't I have systems and processes for my life? And, and my wife resisted at first. She's like, oh, that sounds a little rigid. And I'm like, think about it. You do certain things the same way every time. So why don't we teach the kids, you know, like, for example, we teach them how to clean their room. Um, I could be the the martyr parent and I can go clean their room for them. And then I'm exhausted and they're happy. And then, you know, it's it's just, or we could make it fun and we can do it together. And it's it's become an experience. Um, so just to warn you, Dan, when, when you talk systems and processes, it comes up in our house once or twice a day. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I have OCD, probably like you. And so I'm the guy who's labeled every single light switch in the home. So I know specifically what lights turn on, what lights turn off. And I'm convinced there's no empirical evidence to the to the contrary. So I'm convinced that I save about a dollar fifty every year by knowing which lights to turn on without having to randomly hit them. <laughs> you know, my my last the last place we lived in, we had this one switch. It was the weirdest thing in the weirdest place. And I'd always flick it. And then I'd be like, oh, yeah, that's like it was like a light in another room. And I'm like, what if I just labeled that? And, you know, I figured it out the day I was, you know, doing final touch ups on the wall, cleaning up the paint and stuff. And I was like, why didn't I label that? Yeah, there you go. I and like you, I, I would have saved you know a dollar fifty and probably thirty seconds of my life. <laughs> you know the the thing, the value in processes and systems is really around the standardization and the repeatability of things. Right, uh, it helps others to know that there is a right way or even a best way, even though there's multiple ways to do things. Yeah, um, yeah. specific tasks and activities there's a right way to do it um my wife and i will fight forever about how to load a dishwasher but there are reasons to move things out of the sink into the dishwasher and frankly those are tasks that children can and should do um yeah. i don't do anything with my children anymore they are responsible and they are accountable for that because my goal is to not be their friend so much as to launch them into the world to be a good citizen but we have a lot of fun and we're friends too. <laughs> and that's the thing. I don't think it's mutually exclusive. I mean, they need the boundaries. They need the guidance. Um, you can be a friend if the boundaries and guidance are there. If you don't have the boundaries and guidance and you're just there to be the friend, that's a recipe for disaster. Um, I shouldn't admit this. Um, well, I'm going to tell you a story and then I'm going to admit something. Um, when I was in in high school, I worked at McDonald's for three years. and my manager, the store owner, he kept telling me like literally every day, you're so lucky, Jeff, you're getting a world-class business ed education. And I'm standing there covered in grease, 
got burns on my hands and I'm looking at him going, are you nuts? And then afterwards I realized that it was, I was a teenager with keys to a million dollar restaurant and it functioned without any grownups in the building. And I'm like, wait a minute, that's, you know, that the Bible, it's, it's all about systems processes. Um, so the confession is I use Canva. It's my favorite tool. And we create like little process maps for things. And that's amazing. Like, <laughs> I have OCD as do two, both of my boys. So, um, yeah, my my oldest, his dream um, this year for Christmas, he wants um, one of those cry cut label makers. <laughs> oh, that's fun! I like that. So yeah. my wife's like, "No, he's going to label everything," and I'm like, "Yes, he's going to label everything." <laughs> yeah, at some point, maybe he'll get into your your workshop and and label all your tools or have a shadow board as well, so you know exactly where the hammer is when it's when it's gone missing. Uh, well, you know, uh, about McDonald's. Um, I used to own, one of my businesses was a staffing and recruiting um, franchise. Yeah. And I'll tell you, those those kids that came in with the McDonald's background and so on, they were they were top shelf. And we always looked for that. It was actually, it was Enterprise Rent-A-Car or Hertz Rent-A-Car, uh, McDonald's, and then uh, Tim Hortons up in Canada as well. We really appreciated those folks with that experience because they knew what it took uh, to follow a process, a system, uh, to be accountable for the outcomes. And uh, they had all kinds of SOPs and checklists and so on. And, you know, just as a, a quick segue here, um, Cultivate Advisors is really big on those processes as well. And so when we align with our clients that are just kind of swirling or they don't quite know where they're going, uh, that's really one of the first things that we'll look at. Uh, we'll look at, you know, where they're at on their on their um, their process base and how they're leading their employees in a similar or or a uh, a focused direction. I love it. Now, have you heard of the fish philosophy? Uh, tell me more. Okay, there is a book, and um, you're gonna love this. By the way, um, a good friend of mine sent it to me. Um, thank you, Steve. Fish philosophy. It's written based on. Oh my God, you're you're in the neighborhood, okay, Dan? Um, Pike Place Fish Market. I know it well. The author of the fish philosophy, he uses their business as a metaphor to help other businesses, and they actually have like a certification and a training. Um, I can't remember the name of the author, um, but if you go to fishphilosophy.com, um, it's like this entire mindset. And what I love believe it or not yes i taught this to my kids um there are four steps to success um number one is having processes number two is um you are responsible for choosing your attitude i can't remember three and four off the top of my head but the fish philosophy surprise surprise talks about processes um my 14 year old read it and he loved it and I think that's what we miss in a lot of corporate cultures is we get too serious. You know, it becomes bureaucratic. You know, there's somebody with a clipboard walking around giving you a, a red mark on your chart because you didn't follow the process perfectly rather than, hey, can I help you understand this? Yeah, that, that's great. Um, I live two hours north of Seattle in Washington State on the border with British Columbia, Canada. 
And so I'm very familiar with the fish market there and also with commercial fishing, uh, which is high risk, very dangerous. Uh, those men and women every day are, are doing a spectacular job uh, feeding America and, and Canada. Um, there is a lot of things that can go wrong when commercial fisher, you know, men and women are out there on the water. Uh, obviously, the risk of weather and the high seas, uh, the fear of the unknown, um, not knowing, you know, what's going to happen next. I've heard yeah. of friends who have been in the industry and all have walked away with either an emotional or a physical scar as a result of of catch and and uh, selling, you know, their 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 uh, wear. Um, when you get down to the market, which is the retail location, right? That's kind of the end point. Mm -hmm. um, that fish market is crowded. It, they're literally, you know, buying and selling, uh, and they'll throw the fish over the audience who are walking by or the guests who are going by, because the fish market is also full of, you know, vendors who are selling different kinds of, of goods. And so um, there's a lot of things that can go wrong. Um, and sometimes you might throw the fish and it might not land or exactly to the other person. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that's a, that's a great one i, I would like to, to get to know a little bit more about the fish philosophy yeah apparently it, it's i would say sort of the fun cousin of lean six sigma and and i'm not saying six sigma isn't fun but they literally i think one of the things is you have to have fun like it's that's why you know the the market resounds is everybody's having fun and they're they're doing their thing um, love that. So just now I'm going to give Dan something to go away and read. And by the way, Dan, it would be an amazing book to share with your 30 kids. I love it. I the love the it. other book I'm going to throw at you, um, I'm trying to get something going with my son, um, with Bob Berg and John David Mann, The Go-Giver. And it's been an amazing conversation with my kids um, yes, my 10-year-old gets it. Um, it's really, it's a business parable. It's short. Um, what I love is the authors were kind enough at the very back to put some discussion questions in. And it's really a good tool to help kids understand the value of helping others. And yeah, uh, it, I, I think it also wor would work really well in a church community like it, it works well in any community um but again i think kids if you teach them kindness and and being helpful to others and being good citizen i think we all win in that so yeah absolutely and i think that go giver series has uh, several different knockoffs or different tangents that it takes as well so I, i've recently become familiar with with john Burr's work yeah, the the two of them, they write amazing stories. And um, I think I, I'm a networker at heart. And one of the, my filters, I don't do business with people until I know they've read the book and they get it. If they don't get the book, I don't judge them. It's just we don't need to work together any further. Um, I've had people say, oh, I hate that book. Uh, I run away screaming because I know that's not going to end well for either of us. <laughs> What is one of the um, the largest takeaways that you've had from the Go Giver series? Well, the Go Giver and um, it hit me so deeply. I actually reached out, and I'd like to say uh, I'm friends with Bob Berg now because I've asked him some questions, and he's so generous with his time. He's like, 
answers my questions and you know he's a really really good guy my biggest takeaway number one so i reread it um in march of 2020 when the world fell off the, the cliff and um everybody said networking's dead you know we're not going to continue networking and people told me you can't network on zoom and i said i bet i could um the biggest takeaway was he has a character in the book called a connector and i wanted to become that person mm. But the other thing for me, and this is a lesson I think for a lot of people, is everybody gets so busy. A lot of good people get really busy giving. They never stop to receive. And I was like, Bob, I'm really confused. I'm slow. You know, dumb it down for me here. But, you know, you're telling me to be a giver. And now you're saying I need to receive. And he said, Jeff, I'm just going to give you an example um, if you're going around and breathing out all day and you never breathe in, what happens to you? And I said, well, that's stupid. I die. And he's like, exactly. And I went, oh, that broke my brain, changed the things. Because I'm one of those people. I figured it out myself. And then I went, that's where this podcast comes in. We're smarter together. Yeah, and you're doing a really good job with this um, particular show. Um, you know, I know for us, we have that that servant leadership mentality, which is why we give it all the way up front. Um, you know, even though we're the largest small business advisory in North America right now, uh, we've been on the Inc. 5000 four consecutive years now. Um, we give it all the way up front. Um, like, for example, my role is to give away two hour free advising sessions. I gift my advisors time to companies and to entrepreneurs and small businesses who really want to grow and scale. Um, we also have like all of these toolkits that we've built, uh, learning management system. It's a, you know, 10 seat LMS that, um, you know, I think Capital One pays for it, but we gift it to small businesses that really want it or, or need it. Uh, we've got business trainings and videos. Um, we've got 40 or 50 hours of video rich content that has been done by a comedian that we hired uh, because we got some funny guys in the uh, in the company, and um, it makes it really entertaining for people to learn and grow to love, you know, process and lean six sigma or business in general. Uh, we talk more about financials and recruiting and leadership and sales and marketing and those types of topics, but it just makes it really fun for people. And then once we've invited them in, and they get to know our heart and our passion to helping them propel to the next level. Uh, that's when we start talking about, you know, what would this look like if we were to have some type of formal relationship? And our, our rates are geared towards being so low that people are really kind of taken aback and saying, hey, wait, you know, I, I have somebody that I've typically worked with and they're much more expensive than you. How can you do that? And then we just talk more about our philosophy. Well, there, there are some big consulting companies that, you know, charge in the tens of thousands a day. And, and that's wonderful for the people who can afford it but the small businesses need something um now dan i'm going to ask you so canned questions everybody else is waiting for the questions we're going to throw those out um how i'm going to ask you a really very direct question i'm an accountant in washington um you know and i have my client base I'm going to guess, and I know a lot of accountants, and, and I'm a recovering one, so I can say this. Their first reaction is, well, this is a competitor to me. And I know the answer to this, but I want to hear your take on it. Um, to that accountant, how would you describe how they could build relationships with their clients with your free content? 
Yeah, that, that's a great question. Uh, accountants, bookkeepers, wealth advisors, business brokers, we're, we're their partners, we're their friends. Whereas they might be, the, the, in the accountant example, um, whereas they may be looking for new clients or they might be looking for new opportunities, uh, we don't compete with anybody. We actually provide them the incentive or the hook to bring more people in. So, so imagine you're an accountant you know, in Seattle and you have some you have some room and you want to bring on some more clients. Well, you can go out there and you can do your social media, you can do your traditional marketing campaigns and your print campaigns and compete with everybody else. Or you can you can partner with cultivated advisors and say, hey, Dan Purdy wants to come and do a webinar, or Dan Purdy wants to come and do an in-person event with us, and you're going to learn about you know, all kinds of things that you need for your business that then feed into the services that, you know, we, the accountant provide. And so we work hand in hand uh, to give those incentives. And at the end of it, our incentives are just like no brainers. Like, would you like to meet with somebody who will help you with a five year growth and scalability assessment? Yes or no. I mean, everybody needs that. Everybody needs a strategic. No, I don't want to know that. <laughs> No, nobody wants to know the valuation of their business, right? Like we have yeah. that the business valuation and health assessment. Would you like to know what your business is worth? I mean, how how often are we checking to see what our property values are or our homes or, or our, uh, you know, our, 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 our RSPs or 401ks? You know, how often are we checking the value of those? Nobody can tell you what their business is worth because they don't know. And Dun & Brett a horrible job, frankly, of, of telling us because their data is so um, is so skewed yeah. and that's not a knock on them. It's just the, it's a knock on where we're at. Uh, we, our FinTech space just hasn't gotten there yet to give us great stuff. We built that tool and obviously they're going to be a client because they're going to want our tech, but, um, that's how we partner with those specific, uh, accountancies and bookkeepers. Um, most recently we actually acquired one of the larger accountancies ourselves. Uh, it was called Breakwater out of Delaware. And they're integrated now into Cultivate Advisors. They're an amazing brand. And um, we've got several hundred people who are just doing amazing things and, and showing the value of bringing all of the pieces and the components that businesses need together under one roof. We need planning because if you don't know where you're going, every road will lead you there. And then we also have the bookkeeping, the accounting, the fractional CFOs, whatever a company might need to better understand their performance statements. I love it. And that's, you know, my long rant is that, you know, too many accountants focus just on the tax return, you know, and they see bookkeeping as an input into the tax return. Um, they're not stopping to look at what's the value of the business, which, you know, if I have a bank account or an investment account, I check my statements monthly. Um, if you're an entrepreneur and 99% of your wealth is invested in your business, um, shouldn't you know just basic, basic things like um, what's the net worth of this business? You know, what's the, the value of it today? And then a year from now, did I increase that value? Yes or no? If not, why not? Yeah. And that's how we're good stewards of money um, is knowing where we're at today, where we need to be. But then again, having the right plan formulated and implemented uh, towards executing a, a proper, consistent standard approach to it. 
I love it. Now, one of my favorite questions, which I will not skip, is what's the best business advice you have ever received and how did it impact you? Oh, yeah. Great, great question. Um, going back many, many years when I was a teenager in that that class, that church class, my teacher at the time told me that you're only as good as your last deal. And I had no idea what that meant because as a perfectionist, right, we always want to do the very best that we can for every single client and customer. Well, from there, that led me on a journey uh, and even towards a book that was, uh, I don't remember the exact title, but something about how customer satisfaction is useless. It's all about customer loyalty. And, And people don't buy from logos or brands. People buy from people. So what I learned from that advice of, you're only as good as your last deal is I need to continually improve. I need to continually be out there, have many irons in the fire to make sure that, that these clients that will one day be a part of our organization are continually nurtured and prepped and, and give them what they need to be successful. I'm just simply a vehicle to help them get there. Awesome. Well, Dan, I, I could talk to you for hours, but I want to be mindful of your time. How can people find out more about you and learn more about Cultivate Advisors? Yeah, so I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, my full name is Daniel Purdy. It's like Purdy paintbrushes or Purdy's chocolates, but without the royalties. <laughs> and then you can also find me at cultivateadvisors.com. And then maybe in the meeting notes, Jeff, you can drop my free advising session landing page, which is under cultivateadvisors.com. And if anybody who's listening is a business that's earning greater than $500,000 per year, I'd love to talk to you about hooking you up with one of our 60 advisors for a free advising session. We can help you get to those root problems and those barriers and challenges that are keeping you from growing and scaling. Awesome. And I will put Dan's LinkedIn and his URL in the show notes. So Dan, it was a real pleasure. I never know which direction we're going to go, but I always trust the the conversation. So thank you for being open and sharing with my audience. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure to meet you, Jeff, and, and have some great exposure to your amazing audience. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our show. We hope that you enjoyed this episode and we invite you to either click the link below or scan the QR code to register and listen to other episodes of our podcast. Or if you think your business or you would be a great guest to be on our show, we're always looking for experts in one of the nine elements of holistic wellness. We'd love to have you. You can either click the link below or you can scan the QR code and complete our speaker intake form. Thank you and to your wellness.